I went to my first in-person Games Done Quick event, and I'll show you what it's like off the stream and talk about the hosting I did on the stream. Tonight is July 3rd, 2022, and the Bobby Blackwell Show, featuring your calls and chat comments, is up next. So, so you would say, even uh, if... Blah, blah, blah. Okay, I'll let you go. You talk. Wow, what, what happened to your voice? Thank you, Skype. So video games, that's what the show is about. This is that one, Akia Ripper from uh, Sweden. And what's with all the Halo hate, Bob? You've been hating on Halo a lot lately. I, I just don't like shooters. I'm not saying it's a bad game, I just don't like it. Billy OK says he can't be seen in public playing games that aren't hardcore, what would people say? And what up, G and Chad is once again talking about wrestling. That's why it's it's not because they hate the fans. It's more because they have to start from scratch. Uh, hogwash. Later. From a little room in Atlanta, Georgia, Bobby Blackwolf. See, uh, people tell me I'm a 10, but then I like single-player games. And so I guess, does that make me an 11? I don't know. Maybe maybe a social media person can tell me. Hello, and welcome to a, uh, a done-quick edition of the Bobby Blackwell Show, where we discuss the current news affecting the video game industry sometimes, as well as reminisce about gaming's history sometimes. Probably neither of those tonight. Uh, my name is Bobby Blackwolf. Welcome. If you are here live here on our uh, the Voice of Geeks Network, thank you so much. Welcome. Uh, we do tape the show live each and every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific at the Voice of Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Network. So join us and interact with the show directly, uh, except I wasn't here last week. And uh, ironically, I will not be here. Or I don't know if it's ironic or coincidental. Uh, I will not be here later this month on my literal 17th anniversary. Uh, the first episode of the show was July 24th, 2005. Uh, and July 24th is a Sunday, and I will not be here that night. So uh, we will probably be celebrating that, uh, celebrating it uh, on the 17th anniversary of episode two of this show the following week. But, uh, and yes, the show started a little bit late uh, tonight because uh, I just got off a plane and um, uh, a comp- my server died uh, that I very rarely use anymore. Uh, but that was kind of powering the second monitor and so i had to do some cable min- anyway uh yeah obviously when i'm gone for a week is when the server dies uh without me but if you can't be here live i completely understand uh we are a podcast and so we do have a discord server that is not heavily trafficked so uh you know if you're already in a lot of discords you're not going to get pinged all the time when this one but uh vognetwork.com slash discord will get you the invite into that server um so let us uh, talk about uh, where I've been, I guess. Uh, I wasn't here last week on Orange Lounge Radio's 20th anniversary, uh, but uh, I did listen to it on on uh, on the plane ride home today, my first time in an airport. Uh, and, uh, and, 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 you know, congratulations to them on their 20th anniversary. If you want to listen to that, uh, go check it out uh, on their podcast feed. They talk about things they've learned over the 20 years. Uh, the best and worst things they've seen, the best and worst things that uh, that um, th- that uh, that have been said to them. Uh, so it's a really great episode, and congratulations and happy birthday to them. But this past week, for eight days, I've been living in Bloomington, Minnesota, uh, in in the same hotel room, which is weird. It's the longest time I've stayed in like a single hotel room. Uh, eight nights or something. It's also my wallet also told me it's the longest I've ever done that. But uh, I was at Summer Games Done Quick, which is the speedrunning charity marathon uh, that runs for seven days on on Twitch, twenty four hours, seven days, and it's been virtual. I've been working with this charity, uh, this this event essentially. Uh, the the Games Done Quick itself is not a charity; it benefits other charities. It's an it's an actual for profit corporation. But um, I've been working with this event for for two years now. Uh, but they were all virtual. And so uh, it, it's a little different being there in person. And by the time I got involved, uh, you know, the pandemic hit uh, and and I didn't get to participate in person. But this is the first time I've been able to participate in person, getting an actual badge uh, that, that they actually print out your name on it. Uh, and uh, they have a different character uh, on each type of badge. So I have a volunteer badge that has my name, Bobby Blackwolf. It's got my pronouns, he, him. Uh, those, those were optional, but I'd opted to put mine on there. Um, and, uh, I got to wear a mask for a whole week and which actually wasn't as bad. Uh, I got used to it. 
after a while. Good N95 masks. Uh, but but yeah, Summer Games Done Quick took place this week, and Kotaka reports that the Charity Speedrun Marathon, it was back with an in-person event for a first time in a few years. Uh, and at the end of the week, once all the runs were done, the event had raised over $3 million for charity. Uh, the final tally was $3,021,310.49, all of which will be donated to Doctors Without Borders. Uh, in fact, it's already been doc- donated to Doctors Without Borders. When you donate to Games Done Quick, you the PayPal literally goes directly to the charity. Uh, they just tell the Games Done Quick website that you donated. Uh, but the money does not actually go through Games Done Quick. You donate directly to the charity. Uh, when you add that to the $3.4 million that Awesome Games Done Quick raised earlier this year for the Prevent Cancer Foundation, that's a lot of money. Uh, so it was it was a v- really awesome to be a part of. Uh, I am speedrun adjacent. And uh, so I don't consider myself a speedrunner, so I didn't really know anybody there. I knew the other people uh, that were the hosts, which is the, the job that I did. Uh, and volunteered, but I didn't really know anybody there. And so I was going in and, you know, people had me confused for an extrovert. Uh, I, you know, I am not an extrovert when I don't know anybody. Uh, but, but it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, there were, I got to meet up with a whole bunch of the hosts. Uh, and, um, I, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. And the camaraderie uh, that our section had of like the 30 or so hosts that were there uh, that wound up being there, uh, it was something I haven't actually experienced in a long time. And um, I hope to be able to do it again. It's an audition process. You re-audition every single year uh, for every single event. Nothing guarantees that you're in. And, uh, you know, so I'm going to definitely audition again, wherever, whatever AGDQ takes place, wherever, whenever it might be online again. I don't know. Uh, They did not announce anything about AGDQ. They didn't even put dates up. They just said, see you next time. Um, But it was it was a very interesting experience, even if it was kind of pared down because of safety protocols. It is the uh, most strict and most adhered to uh, in terms of safety protocols of the attendees there. Uh, it was essentially 100% mask compliance, and everybody was wearing N95s or KN95s or KN94s. Uh, they even provided four N95 masks at check-in, um, and everybody wore them the whole time when they were, when they were on the event uh, grounds. And they were very strictly enforcing the vaccination and booster requirements. In fact, uh, there were people that showed up and they were like, oh, yeah, I didn't get my booster. And they're like, well, we can't give you a badge. You, you, you're not allowed in. So they take the second floor of the hotel in Bloomington, Minnesota. On the first floor was a nurse's convention. No masks. We had more. Uh, ad- our rules were more adhered to uh, than the nurse's convention happening in the same building we were being safer and we had more safety protocols in place and we were adhering to them more than the nurses Tarkloff says even the runners wore them you had to get used to the voices sounding a bit muffled i actually thought their audio engineers did a really good job of playing with the equalizer uh to mitigate that a lot maybe not for everybody and if you were specifically listening for it uh, you could you could tell, but there are different uh, EQ settings on the big mixer, which they had a huge mixer board, which I did not get anywhere near. Uh, but you, if you modify like the low end and the top end and stuff like that, you can actually eliminate a lot of the muffling that happens through an, a good N95 mask. So uh, they 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 knew what they were doing, and they had obviously done a lot of tests because this is not the first time GDQ has had masked people on stage on camera and had to equalize that. So, um, but yeah, Mike Def says it was noticeable if you were actually listening for it. Yes. Uh, But if you weren't, you couldn't really tell. And it just became normal. Uh, Like I said, in in terms of mask wearing, I I just got used to it. And um, I wore wore it all the way on the flight up. I wore it all the way on the flight back, Um, you know, and I feel fine. And uh, as far as I know, I mean, there were, there's obviously a handful of people that did uh, that, tested positive for covid 
However, in almost all of those cases, they're pretty sure they got it the week before and didn't it didn't get it at GDQ. Nobody is, and nobody has gotten it from those people. A uh, couple run, uh, one run was canceled uh, because the the runner got COVID and got COVID two weeks ago and didn't test negative, so they pulled his run. Uh, that's public knowledge. He put it up on Twitter. I'm not going to name it, but it's not like I'm giving you like state secrets or anything like that. Um, so in terms of the safety, like I I felt safe, and there was a lot of you know, harumphing, I guess, on social media that we shouldn't have this at all. And that, you know, we're, you know, being a super spreader event. And I'm like, I'm sorry, are we Anime Expo? No, we're not. But uh, I think this was also the right way to do it. And Dragon Con was not a super spreader event. It only had about 80 to 90% mass compliance. Uh, So this had a lot more. And so, yes, when you have 1,500 people in one place and like three people come back with COVID, which is, I think, the number right now is three people, and none of them got it there at the event. Uh, according to doctors, like, they actually asked their doctor, like, no, you didn't get it this week. You got it last week, based on your symptoms now. Um, I think that's pretty good, because, uh, and, and all I'm going to say, once I'm going to, after this, I'm going to move on and just talk about the event and not talk about the safety precautions. But uh, the time to eradicate COVID was two years ago. Uh, at some point... For our mental states, we're going to have to start getting back to some type of ability to gather uh, and safely gather. I'm not saying go back to normal. I'm not saying go back to 2019. But there are ways to do this. And I think GDQ did it the right way. And I believe Dragon Con did it the right way last year. I don't know if they're going to do it that way this year. Um, You know, laws have changed since then. Uh, And we obviously don't know where AGDQ is going to be because AGDQ... Uh, was going to going to be in Orlando, Florida. They had a five-year contract, I believe. So 2020 was the first year. So they have a contract in Orlando. And it is literally illegal in the state of Florida for GDQ to do have the requirements that they had at SGDQ. Uh, Tiger Claw says, uh, all, that, all in all, everything appeared to go smoothly. I'm going to use the soundboard for this. It didn't. But the fact that you didn't notice meant that they did a really good job of making it not obvious. Uh, Tiger Claw says, I wonder what the delay was like for watching remote runs, what they were trying to get a high-quality video stream of those runners. Essentially, for the remote runs, uh, it was the exact same process that they used for the previous virtual GDQs. So what they did is they did all that processing of all those streams exactly the way that they've been doing it for the past two years. Then they would show it in the stream room, And then that's what would get mixed with the crowd audio. The runners and the commentators could not hear the crowd audio. uh, And then that's what went out on the stream. Uh, So that's how you got the crowd audio. We were watching it. And then it was maybe 10 seconds because, like, the host was in the hallway. They were not on stage. So they would say something. And then 10 seconds later, they would actually hear the audience through the wall respond. And Questbuster says it was either Wednesday or Thursday. I noticed how far behind the schedule was and having no context was like, wow, what happened? A bunch of setup issues and several runs went over estimate. Not many, but there were a lot of uh, setup issues, especially with that first remote block when it was the first time they were transitioning from in-person to remote. Uh, there was like an hour setup at that time. Um, so what they did to help with that is they started speed running things. So they, they went into speed run mode. They started telling runners, no outros um, quick. You know, you don't get five minutes to have a little soliloquy monologue about the state of world record holders, um, you know, and, and they were really like trying to speed up setup times as much as they could. Uh, they put two segments together. So they would have an interview segment and then a prize segment. They made those the same, um, and then two runners volunteered to have their runs cut from the schedule because they already had a run earlier in the week. Um, so uh, that's how they got back on schedule is they gained like a couple hours back from doing some of that stuff. SJ Matt says, it's usually held together with tape and a prayer when it comes to uh, streaming a live event. The stories I could tell. Oh, the stories I could tell and I'm not going to. Uh, because I want to be able to go back to this event. And so I'm not really going to be 
talking backstage stuff. Um, so the stuff that I said about the runs that, that were uh, voluntarily removed, that's public information. The runners posted it on Twitter. Uh, so I'm not telling you anything that you can't find publicly available on Twitter. What I'm going to do first, actually, is I'm going to show you what it's like from the other side of the camera. Uh, so you see on GDQ, you see the stage. Uh, you see, you know, the interview stuff. But it is a whole convention. Uh, it's a pared down convention from what it was in the past, uh, which I'm, I don't, I would say uh, was the stuff that they cut out, they probably didn't need to cut out. Um, they got rid of the board game room, so everybody just played board games down in the lobby, which was not being cleaned. It was not, you didn't require masks down there. There was no enforcement of anything down there. Whereas if they just had a board game room in one of the many unused practice rooms uh, that was cleaned and monitored and stuff like that, uh, I don't think it would have been a big problem. Uh, and then they also didn't have panels, which I kind of understand that. They used to have panels where you know they would actually have like a convention panels, but they didn't have those. So what they had, though... Uh, was um, a lot of people playing games and a lot of people hanging out. So um, I'm going to hit all this, and there it is. Uh, so I've got some B-roll running and uh, on, on the stream of just like, you know, me in my hotel room. Uh, when I got there, I'm like, wow, I got actual GDQ stuff. They did actually have this, the stream playing on the television. They took over Univision. So sorry, Mike Deft. Uh, but they were streaming GDQ on the Univision channel. Um, but yeah, you can actually see that they've got all these, you know, they've got casual gaming room and tournament room. And and there were all these r empty rooms with nice CRTs. I wish I had one of these CRTs. Uh, it was it was pretty nice. Um, you'll see those in this B-roll a little bit. Uh, Techlaw said they still had the pinball room. We'll get, we'll get there. We'll, we'll get there. Uh, Mike Def says, I'll take GDQ over Univision any day. Uh, so Doctors Without Borders did have a table there, uh, and they were giving away, sh uh, bandanas and swag and candy and, and stuff, and you can talk to them and ask them about their work. Uh, and then the Yeti was also there selling stuff. I, I, I always feel weird, like, filming booths when they're selling things, so I waited until they were not there. Uh, but then they had all these rooms with a lot of these CRTs, and you notice it's just the TVs. You would actually go rent the console from somewhere else and hook it up to one of these TVs. Here was the Princess CRT. Uh, that 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 people loved to use for everything, but then there was the main practice room, and so this was the main room. Uh, and what's different from this? It looks like a, ca a gaming room. They had some LCDs, they had some CRTs, and then you can check out all of these consoles from World Nine, which you've probably seen uh, their logo on previous GDQs. But the interesting thing about this is uh, it is. Unlike a, like a casual gaming room at a convention or something, everywhere you looked in here were people practicing for their upcoming runs. So you would look over on one side and somebody would be doing something amazing in that game. Then you'd look over and you'd see somebody doing something amazing in a different game over there. Uh, and it, it was just like you could just walk around and be amazed at whatever you're seeing because either they're showing off something uh, that they're learning or they're routing a game. Uh, that they're or they're practicing for their upcoming run, uh, but they also would change the, uh, the the on the PCs they would change the background. Have you heard about the critically acclaimed MMORPG Final Fantasy XIV with an expanded free trial, which can, you can play through when the entirety of Realm Reward and the award-winning Heaven's Sword expansion up to level sixty for free with uh, no restrictions on playtime? Did you know that? Uh, somebody actually, and I don't remember this runner's name, but he's actually routing the Burger King Sneak King game because he wants to submit it to a future GDQ. So he was actually like trying to find like speed tech there on the show. And, uh, but yeah, all the, a lot of like every console you could think of, they at least had a couple of them and they were all modified to output to SCART, um, and stuff. So, uh, you, you basically would check out the console and then provide the game. So the arcade was in this big plaza area, uh, right by the pool. Um, and, uh, but they did have a whole bunch, uh, they did, they had a good number of games. Uh, they had the Baywatch pinball machine, which by the way, has an epilepsy warning. Uh, I didn't realize this, but it would actually like flash the whole thing, which like when you were playing it at night, uh, hope you don't have epilepsy. Uh, but they actually spaced the arcade games really far out. Like there was like probably like 20 feet in between each pinball table. They had a game of Thrones, uh, a Star Wars. They had a Jackbot. Um, 
and uh, then they had a whole bunch of uh, arcade cabinets, which no rhythm games. Usually they had rhythm games, but they did have uh, The Simpsons. They had a couple of four-player games, which I was surprised about. They were going to concentrate on single-player games. Um, a Captain America and uh, a Gauntlet leg- uh, Legends. They had a Battletoads. Uh, there is a TMNT in here somewhere. Uh, that uh, And I think that was what we were just passing there. Um, and like a, a Neo Geo cabinet. And uh, a, the shooting game, I think, was Carnival, I think. There's the TMNT cabinet. But these are all like 20, 20 feet apart or something like that. So, um, yeah, they had a couple TMNT cabinets. Um, but it was very spaced out uh, and available 24-7. And then, uh, which, which hate, the people in the rooms around there hated. And then, like, halfway through, a new in-box Godzilla from Stern, like, finally came. So inst- so the person who brought all these... Uh, just immediately brought it over here and and brought it out. First time it had ever been played was on the floor. So I got to play some more Godzilla, uh, which is a fun table. It came out last year. So it's it was the newest table of the lot. Uh, the Stern Insider QR code thing wasn't on. So um, this is what it looks like inside the stream room. And I'm even going to turn the volume up just a little bit here. Um, so I was actually in probably like the fifth row. This is kind of the opening, but you can kind of see the setup where they've got a whole bunch of uh, TVs and setups in the middle. To the right is the stage, uh, or the interview area, because the stage is where the runners happen. Uh, And then to the left is kind of the donation, where the donation processors sit, the operators that are standing by, and then the host. And this this was the countdown. I'm just going to let it breathe a little bit. And so they do their little pre-show. Which you can't hear when everybody's speaking. They're better known as doctors of orders, and MSF provides medical assistance to people... So you can kind of see where they're doing things from that. ...disasters or exclusion from health care. Sam Monkey 11 says, this looks like that brainwashing room in 1984. How dare you? So they actually have on stage like a couple CRT TVs, a couple LCDs. They've got two PCs uh, and they just kind of rotate between them and rotate where the cameras are and where the seats were. But they don't set them up, like, at the same time. So that's why there's the setup block is because they've got to move things around. Uh, and, uh, and, and like, they can't set up the other run while the first one's going on because that would distract the speedrunner, right? Tyreclaw says, I also heard it was really cold in there. Yes, because the entire production is happening on the stage. So right here you can actually see what goes on between games. You see all those people on the stage, like, plugging in new consoles, changing up uh, the the... This furniture on set, if there's three commentators, two commentators, all that stuff. Um, there's, it's a lot more than just, like, changing around five OBS windows to do something like this. But all the equipment, the mixer was on the behind the stage, the producers were behind the stage, but all in this room. So the AC was cranked up. Um, so it, it was very cold, and I actually probably, like, kind of, like, dozed on not dozed off, but I was like pretty tired uh, when when I was doing some of my shifts after like especially after three hours because I did not pack long pants and that's why everybody you see on stream except for Mr. Game and Shout there uh, all the staff they're wearing hoodies and long pants because it's cold in there. So what I'm showing here is the uh, Super Mario Sunshine run. This was late at night. This is later on in the run marathon. Um, this is the one that went bad. Uh, he uh, ran out of lives, and since they were playing without a memory card for speed, uh, if he hit continue, it would just start from the last save, which there was no save. Uh, but this was when he uh, was able to actually finish up the run uh, like at 3 in the morning or 2 in the morning or something like that. And uh, I had to be down there for this. So this that this is what it looks like at 2 in the morning down there. Um and you can kind of see where the host is with the Red Bull desk there. This is what it was like during the uh, a remote run. 
So this was the uh, this is the sound volt. No, this is the uh, not ITG uh, Stepmania sh- exhibition. So uh, this is how the crowd reacted to the modifications. So, but for these remote runs, nobody was on the stage. Everybody was off stage. If they were here in person, they were in the hallway behind. So this is getting the TAS incentive. They're playing Black Knight 2000. We're trying to raise $225,000 to get the TASBOT showcase. And if you look, you'll see the dude running by with Tazbot, like running right when we hit the incentive. You'll see everybody pop off here. Hashtag here together. There we go. We just hit it. And you'll see in a second, like a dude run across the front of the stage with Tazbot. There he goes. Right there. Um, and that was a beautiful and amazing run. With the, there's Tazbot. There's the hero of time right there. Tazbot. It's the new design of Tazbot. I posted it up on Twitter. Got like hundreds of likes. It's my first viral post. Thank you, Tazbot. Um, so this is the countdown to two million during Metroid Dread. Are you gunning for a war rent right now? That was that first try. Yeah, that was good. You also notice here, no Emmy once again. We were all shouting. We're doing a trick that saves about fifteen seconds here. Oh, nice. Got a first try again. That's very, very difficult. Doing. <laughs> um, one thing you'll notice is a lot of uh, melee attacks. That kind of um, changes Samus's position a little bit. So we, we'll on the podcast, we're just like watching the the video here. You can find you can find this on YouTube when we hit this. The person just under the screen there, behind the uh, that that's waving his hands right now, um, that's the host. So that's where the host sits. That's what I was doing, reading donations. So, tech. Oh, yep, here we, we're getting to the one. So, here we go. You're like, yep, speedrun, whatever. You know, speedrunner, just keep doing your thing. There we go. There was the two million. That was the two million. It's re- really energetic in the room. You don't think it is. And also, everybody's cold because it's really cold in there. So, you know, hey, now we're moving around and, you know, warming up a little bit. Okay, so I'm going to pause this right here because I want to kind of explain. There's some comments in chat that I want to also mention. So uh, Tiger Claw says, the Metroid Dread run was really good. I own this game. I only played a little bit of it and see in this room. I realize how deep this game can get. I will never be able to finish it. I, I, I'm the same way. Um. And uh, S. Jared Matt says, I feel really bla- bad for the Bloodstain runner who got their run cut, but he was seemingly okay about it. Um, so that's that's Bobby. That's the Blacktastic. That's the other Bobby. I got to meet I got to meet both other Bobbies in the speedrunning world. It was great because um, there's also Bobby Berm who uh, also speedruns, and he was working uh, uh, photo and audio stuff. So I got to meet both of them. Uh, that was one of the two runs that was volunteered to be cut because the Black Tastic had already run something, but he had the last day. Uh, and uh, he was, you know, he was bummed, but he was okay about it. And then um, I do know that he he doesn't really want to talk about it anymore because they brought back the Pokemon run. Uh, the Pokemon incentive that didn't get met, it got added back to the schedule with a new incentive. Uh, and the Bloodstain run was only five minutes longer, estimate time, than the Pokemon run that they brought back and did. Um, and so he was really bummed about that. Uh, but he does he wants to kind of move on. He doesn't want anybody to blame the staff or anything. So I'm going to respect his wishes, even though I have thoughts. 
Um, but on podcast on this podcast, I don't want to get into those thoughts. Um, but he he wants everybody to move on from that. Um, and uh, you know, there's probably some better communication that could have gone on, and that's all I'm going to really say uh, between GDQ and all the runners about that. But um, Pokemon probably would raise more money than uh, the, the than Bloodstained, and. I can kind of see it from that direction as well, but it does. What happened, how it went down, could have been handled better. So he was okay with it beginning, and then things changed. But he wants to move on. Bobby has asked, the other Bobby, Blacktastic, has asked that we all move on uh, and that we support the event, and he looks forward to being back in six months. So what I'm showing here is the countdown to three million. And the reason I'm going to show this is because I want to make make a point of something because there's a lot of talk on the internet about how GDQ artificially, uh, in you know, stalls until something is met. And there's a very very specific thing I want you to notice from this when we're counting down the to three million. So the video here is starting at like it's like two in the morning this morning like so this isn't even like 24 hours old yet there's fruit by the way hey fruit um but uh it's going up and there was a cutoff time they were not going to wait until this hit three million if you look on the stage and i will try to, i'm going to pause this if i can get to the pause button of course it's while i'm like holding it and going around but if you look on the stage through the people's heads. So behind the stage is the uh, representatives of MSF and Sumichu, who is the outgoing director of events at Games Done Quick. They were set up for the closing shop. Shot. Said so they were set up to do the closer because they knew how long the Elden Ring run was supposed to be. And they knew when they wanted to go off the air. And they were all set to be like, you know what? We didn't make it in time. We got to go off the air. Thank you for all your help, your donations. And we're up to 2960000 They're still up there on the stage because they don't think this is going to happen. So, so what, what... So this was the point right there when they were saying that, that they might actually have to do Elden Ring. They called the runners backstage. They were actually not prepared. For, well, they kind of were prepared, but they didn't think it was actually going to happen. They had moved all the furniture off the stage. They had, you know, set up for the final shot. And so this is us. Everybody talking to Twitch chat. Room was standing room only. Uh, but you notice all the chairs were, were spread out apart. Now, they're still on the stage. With the closer. And we've hit uh, 2,970,000 at this point. They're still on the stage. They are still almost ready to pull the plug on this. And so there is a little bit of artificial stalling they'll do, but only up to a point. And a lot of times what happens is the incentive gets met at the very last second before they're ready to move on. And because the incentives most likely get met, that's why we think, oh, they're artificially stalling all the time. They were absolutely prepared to pull the plug. And uh, when $150,000 gets donated in the span of 15 minutes, that surprised them. So it is about the point, where are we at? I'm waiting for the camera to pan back around. So we're at 978,000. They're still on the stage ready to do the closer. They have not, they have not resigned to the fact that this is happening yet. So you can kind of see behind, they're on stage with their backs to us because that's how the final shot is done. And the reason I'm kind of just letting this play out is uh, because when you see the flurry of activity, I'll point out when the flurry of activity happens, of when they realized, okay, this is actually happening. It's not happening yet, 
we're at 989,000. Now, 990,000, you notice all the flurry of activity, getting the chairs on the stage, moving the MSF people off. That's when they finally decided, okay, this is actually happening. So we're at nine. So now they're going to count down for the rest of the time. Covert Muffin being the host at the final at the end. We couldn't hear a word he was saying, but I'm sure everybody on Twitch chat did and, and Twitch and watching it. Here we go. And there's the three million. This and according to people who were at AGDQ 2020, where they first broke three million, they said this was a more electric atmosphere. And so you notice the runners and the commentators are already sitting in the chairs. Uh, and uh, everybody's going crazy and everybody's going wild. It's two in the morning, three in the morning. We've been there for seven days, 24 hours. Those are some of the fellow hosts up front. I was hanging out with the hosts in the, on stage left. So that is... Uh, that's the back the backstage portion, uh, and that's what it was like. So I wanted to share that. Uh, and and you know, GDQ is not perfect. There's obviously thing every a lot of things can be done a lot better. Um, but it is a really cool moment. They they are able to craft these moments, and we were able to craft those moments successfully uh, and safely. And um, I am hoping that I get to be a part of it in the future. Uh, that would be really cool. Um, I did get, uh, I, I was in the finale video. So when you look up the finale, for some reason, they got a picture of me talking to somebody. So that was cool. I got to be in the finale video um, when I was actually being extroverted. It was kind of weird. Uh, and uh, there is like a photo of me working uh, on stage from the official photographer. They had all these official photographers. But let's talk real quick about the runs that I did. Um and a little bit of what what uh, what I felt, uh, what was the good things about them, and and, and you know just to kind of give you an overview of what happened. Um, so, making sure this actually still worked. There it is. Yep. Uh, so I'm going to fast forward through this. So we we started off with breakfast at like uh, seven thirty five in the morning. McDonald's Treasure Land Adventure uh, by Liz Star. Uh, and I got to admit, like when you're when I'm hosting on stuff like this. Uh, I don't actually uh, watch the runs. So I don't actually know what happened here. I just know it was kind of funny. Listar always brings some great stuff. Uh, I never realized I needed this game in my life until until uh, Listar showed it to me. And uh, Listar was also really cool to work with and a, a, a really sweet person, really nice person. She she was very welcoming. Uh, I you know told her this was my first time. This is like her 20th time or something being on GDQ. Uh, but she was very welcoming. Uh, and everything, and I really appreciate that, and I really appreciate how welcoming everybody was. Um, it was it was a lot of fun, uh, and uh, and the run was hilarious. I laughed. I don't remember what I laughed about because honestly, it was Monday morning and it's Sunday now, and that seems like so long ago. You know, uh, I don't remember much about it. Uh, yeah, like I don't even remember hosting all that much because once I was, you know, done with my hosting shifts, like I was just a regular attendee, and then like everything else happened. Um, so then we had Nights into Dreams. Uh, so this one w- was uh, was a fun run, a neat run. Uh, the only downside is uh, Pochi, who I had been saying wrong. I said Poochie and Pachi, but it was Pochi. Uh, he's a New York Mets fan. And so, you know, we were mortal enemies from the start. But we worked through it. We worked through our differences. Uh, I'm a world champion. He is not. Uh, and uh, we worked through our differences and put on a good show here. Uh, it was a really, it, it, it was a really fun, fun thing to watch. Uh, Mike Def says, I have yet to watch the other games. I did watch the Yakuza run completely live. We're going to get to that in just a second. Uh, so that that Nights into Dreams was fun. I was like, yeah, we had breakfast and now we're going to, you know, take a nap after breakfast and go into dreams. And then what dream can we have? 
uh, how about this this game called The Pathless? So The Pathless, this is a very beautiful game. This was my first long game. This is about a two-hour game. And uh, May the DKC, it was her first time uh, at d- speedrunning live on, on GDQ and even doing uh, doing commentary. And then Sancho Panda, Panda, Sancho Panda, uh, was doing commentary. And uh, this was just, this was a nice, chill, beautiful game. Uh, luckily, I didn't have to push too many incentives, so I could just kind of let the let everything breathe. Uh, that's why I wasn't really like interrupting in donations because the movement tech in this game, uh, it, w- when somebody skilled is doing the movement in here, it just flows, and it was it was it was very beautiful. It's by the same developers that did Abzu uh, and Journey, even though that game company did Journey. Uh, but that game company, like the people that made Journey, made a new game, made a new development studio, and they made the Pathless. So that's how it ties into Journey. Um, but uh, it was it was a lot of fun, uh, and it was it was a nice kind of chill game that morning. Uh, you know, at it, it, you know eight a.m., nine a.m. in the morning Central Time, and uh, we I, I got to actually get donations to come in because I because there's a bird in this game and everybody names their bird something different. They, it actually doesn't have a name in the game, so everybody names it differently. So I had everybody donate what they would name their bird, and so that was that was my contribution to that. Uh, that we had a lot of fun with, and then the big one was the next day, and it was uh, it it was my buddy Froob, and it was a game that I actually really 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 enjoy, uh, and I actually have played to completion. Yakuza like a dragon, Froob was actually there. Mech analyst Tom and Ghost Kumo were there providing commentary, uh, and uh, we went through the entire game in about three three hours and and fifty minutes or something like that, and. Uh, it, this this was just a lot of fun. Uh, there was a, a lot of you know a lot of love to the Yakuza series in this, and because it's a great game series that not everybody has played, and this exposed people to it. Just like the Pathless, there are a lot of people that said, "I'm about to, I'm going out to buy the Pathless right now." After seeing that, same thing here with Yakuza. Uh, and then uh, there were a couple incentives, so we got to see some of the the cutscenes. We got to see the summon showcases, not all of them because some of them are kind of cringy. But uh, but we got to see the summon, uh, summon the uh, see all the summon cutscenes and congratulations. Mike Def says I installed Like a Dragon on my Xbox. Yes, it actually does look really well on the Xbox Series X. It, that's why I bought it originally was because I wanted something that was cool uh, that used the Series X uh, because most of the games were Xbox One uh, games or just upresed and I wanted something that actually used the uh, Series X and I got this and I wound up really enjoying this turn based game. Uh, but at the end was the magic, and I do want to thank Froob and Mech Analyst Tom and Ghost Kumo for putting up with me because I had uh, the idea about the karaoke incentive and how it was going to work. And um, I was the one that basically choreographed the whole ending sequence. So if you remember, uh, there was a karaoke incentive, and essentially Froob didn't want to do it. And uh, we basically played that up the whole time, that Froob did not want to do this karaoke incentive. And um, so I, I basically scripted exactly how it was going to go. And I don't know, where are we in this? Out there while we sing this, and everybody okay. at home do this too. Yes, your cats, your dogs. Let me, let me rewind a little bit. <laughs> we are going to sing Lovely Bakami Tai. And and the fact that I did it on this PC, it still hasn't counted so it So I'm playing the, the, oh, the actual one so I'm going to have to do the button presses as well. <laughs> Bobby, you want to join in for Bakamitai? E? What? No, 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 no. See, no, I, 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 I got you did such a good I job raising money time. for this. No, no, no. I got stuff to watch here. I got yeah, incentives. You don't want me to sing this, too. What stuff? What stuff are you doing over there? <laughs> how, how about this? How about? How about we all get the audience on against? How about we all sing this? And here's what I want you to do. I want you everybody to get your phones out, and I want you to turn the flashlight on and to get some fireflies out there while we sing this and everybody at home do this too yep. yes your cats mm-hmm. your dogs your family your roommates are going to think you're a fool but we're going to sing about that how about that i'm going to warn you the lyrics are slightly not timed at the same time as they are on the screen so so this is going to be great it's going to be fantastic so back yes back up get the movie not now far usually we would be able to just play the movie when so so uh, I orchestrated that whole thing because they were like uh did you know about that i'm like yes and not, then i are here we go folks and so then we all sing about how we're a fool. I, I, I meant to say that earlier. Apologies to the Japanese restream. Apparently the Japanese restream was just dying laughing at us trying to sing Japanese. 
So yes, I am actually singing Baka Mitai. I, we actually all practiced, but you can see the uh, fireflies in the back. Uh, this also got in the ending video. There are also some great photos of everybody with their with their their lights on in the back. It's uh, it made me cry because we were all being fools, but we were all being fools. We were here together, being fools. So um, this was probably the most special moment I've ever had at a GDQ, and I've had Rugby Baby, um, and I've had the Kingdom Hearts 2 finale with uh, Jay Hobbs and Spike Vegeta and trying to interrupt them and not doing that really well. And uh, this, I think, is, is, was, is the coolest event so far. Now, the funny thing about this, the meme, the reason this is a meme is that all the Yakuza games have this song, and every movie has the same 3D animation at the Dame Dane moment. It's just they use a different character model, but they're doing the exact same animations, and they're looking at a different photo. So if it, when Kiryu's singing it, he's doing the exact same motions at the bar, but he's looking at, like, the photo of his orphanages or something like that. Give yourselves a hand. So, uh... Oh, my God. Please never make me do that again. <laughs> no, I'm done as well. <laughs> So uh, that was that was the special moment, and then I was done, and then I was just there, and I went to the Mall of America. Uh, I met up with some coworkers of mine because we have remote coworkers, and and uh, I uh, that uh, and, and then I just attended, and that's what you saw the rest of the videos there. So uh, apparently, people liked it. Uh, like uh, I believe uh, Sjern Matt said, it got good reviews online. Yes, uh, it is very rare. For the um, for for the host uh, to get mentioned in uh, in social media in a positive light, it's exceedingly rare for them to get men- uh, mentioned in a positive light. Usually, when the host is mentioned by the audience, uh, they have failed one of the things that they're supposed to do. The host is there to prop up the ho- uh, the run, the runner, and the charity, um, and uh, not necessarily in that order. Uh, and usually if a host gets mentioned, it's because they failed in one of those three things. They detracted from the run, they detracted from the runner, they detracted from the charity. Uh, and I, so when people actually mentioned me, and there was actually a really nice review uh, left on Reddit. Uh, there's a person in the VOD thread on the Reddit, on the speedrun Reddit, uh, that actually said it's like one of the best hosts GDQ has and uh, and I was like, oh, and then then it like actually named me by name, which none of the other reviews this person did name the host by name. And I was like, oh, this is this is amazing. So it's, it's this one uh, that I'm showing up here. It's on my Twitter feed. You can actually read it. I'm not going to read it to you because it's about me. And that's kind of awkward. Uh, but but reading about this on, on Twitter and, you know, seeing me mentioned it, it really made me made me happy. Um, I, you know, it, I hope it doesn't reflect poorly on me because there are people that believe that the host should actually be anonymous on GDQ. They should not be allowed to say their name. They should not have their name on the stream. Uh, the host should be completely anonymous and just like a voice, a faceless voice of the marathon, uh, and, and promote the marathon and not themselves in any sense. Uh, but luckily other, uh, cooler heads have prevailed also, especially because when certain hosts are on, uh, People always ask who's the host, and so that's why they started doing that, and they put our names on the bottom there. So uh, I, that's basically it for me. That's all I could talk about. I'm going to see if there's anybody that has any questions, real quick. Um, and uh, you know about GDQ, I will try to answer as best I can. Uh, I cannot answer everything. Uh, there are things that I know that I. I'm not going to say I shouldn't know, but they're not ones I want to put out like on a podcast or on a stream or anything like that. Uh, I did not sign any NDAs. I am not staff, uh, so I am not under any legal obligation to not share anything. I just choose not to share certain things uh, like, you know, how everything works. Like, yes, I do know how everything works back there. No, they'd rather you not know. Uh, or they'd rather it not be like in a, in a format that people can download and, and put on Reddit, for instance. Um, and Tiger Claw says this tops rugby baby. Uh, 
I think that the difference between this and Rugby Baby is Rugby Baby was on, which is the Yakuza 6 cutscene incentive. It was my first time being a full host. So that was at AGDQ 2021. Uh, That was, I was involved with that specifically because there was no audience. Had that run happened at an in-person GDQ and I was hosting, I would not have been involved with the Rugby Baby cutscene. I was there to be the crowd that reacts to these cutscenes. That was my job in Yakuza 6. Uh, so this was more, you know, I got the crowd to all do it together. Um, Tackle asks, with your experience from SGDQ 2022, are you thinking about participating for AGDQ 2023? Uh, I'm going to audition. So uh, you got to realize it's not up to me. Um, first, I've got to apply and then, you know, be accepted to audition, which I'm pretty sure I will be at least accepted to audition. But everybody re-auditions, and it's always a new host-judge team every single time. Uh, there are subjective and objective components. Uh, I have actually been placing worse. I've gotten lower scores uh, over the past couple marathons. I got my highest score at SGDQ uh, 2021. Uh, I got a lower score than that from uh, AGDQ 2022, and I got a lower score than that in AGDQ 2022. So I'm getting worse, apparently, in my scores. So uh, if I don't make it in as one of the 24 hosts out of the 100 that audition, uh, I probably will not be going. Um, I'm not going to go just to go because I'm not a speedrunner. Like, I'm not in any speedrun community. So I need to be able to do something with the event and not just attend. So... um, so, yes, I would love to participate again. Uh, I don't know where AGDQ is going to be. It might be an online event. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I look forward and I would love to participate again because it is a wonderful group of people. And I, got to, I did get to meet a lot of the people that were, uh, were working it, and, and they did have good things to say to me about it. So, um, you know, I got to meet Spike for the first time. And, you know, I've, I've shared the stage with Spike Vegeta. Uh, we did three hours at Kingdom Hearts 2. I didn't meet him and actually have a conversation with him until, like, Wednesday. Of, of of this week um so uh i and i i'd never met scent and i've had like several who does the prizes I've, I've like had several interactions on air with scent uh i loved the interaction that we did right before yakuza because he had done a prize segment and they were do- they had a stream deck and he walked off stage and then they cut back to me because that was the end of the segment and i was like hey scent hey scent can i see that can i see that and he just keeps walking and i'm like Oh, he, he's he's just walking along. I thought we were friends. Um, no, didn't get to meet him, though, because they're all, like, running around and being, like, important and stuff. And I just I'm just a volunteer and I don't need to bug them when they're when they're working. And no, uh, if you want to talk about prizes, I did not get to pet the giant Mareep. I did not get to pet the Mareep. So uh, sometimes I do a music break. I'm not tonight. Uh, because I talked a lot, and I don't want to go too long. Uh, I'm also not going to take calls tonight. I don't think anybody's in the green room anyway. Uh, I haven't looked. Um, but uh, no, nobody's in the green room. So uh, maybe we'll get back into talking about, uh, you know, maybe that trademark of a system that I pre-ordered that got abandoned. Uh, we'll talk about that uh, probably next week. And uh, and talk about me going to be uh, at uh, Southern Fried Gaming Expo. Uh, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be there Saturday. Uh, this is a convention coming up. It's in two weeks. Uh, we will still have a show on the 17th. But it's July 15th through 17th in Atlanta. I am uh, doing two panels. I'm hosting two panels. Uh, and the first panel is Saturday at 530. It's meet local Twitch streamers. So I'm going to have some. Uh, I've got a pinball streamer. Uh, I've got a Twitch partner. And uh, I've got uh, one of the women streamer, female streamer, uh, streamers that's here uh, that works with the Stream Atlanta Meetup Group. We're going to be talking about streaming and meeting local Twitch streamers at 5.30. But it's 7 o'clock on Saturday night. That uh, Right after that, I am actually doing something with speedrunning. So I am not done with speedrunning this summer. Uh, so somebody that I've gotten to know who is local, who you may have seen on Games Done Quick. We've also raided him here on VOG before. And Eternal Enigma who ran Silent Hill for the Room, is going to be running Silent Hill for the Room at Southern Fried Gaming Expo live on stage. Uh, And I'm going to be there with him, basically. And we're going to be doing... The commentary is going to be a little bit different than the commentary he would do for a GDQ. Because for a GDQ, uh, your audience is mostly speedrunners that may not know Silent Hill 4. What we're going to be doing at Southern Fried Gaming Expo on Saturday night at 7 p.m., July 16th, 
is, and it's going to only be in person, it's not streaming online, but what we're going to be doing is we're going to be tailoring the commentary to people who don't know what speedrunning is. So we're going to actually like take it all the way back and say, here's why we care about what RNG is. Here's why we are what a damage boost is and why we do that. And we're going to explain what splits are uh, in terms of the timekeeping. We're going to explain, you know, the difference between RTA and TAS and, you know, kind of go through that. And our audience is going to be non-speedrunners. And so Enigma is really excited about that. He's going to have a sequin jacket on. It's going to be a phenomenal uh, and uh, I'm going to be there, uh, you know, backing them up and asking questions and asking kind of the dummy questions of, you know, hey, I know, explain like I'm five what's going on. Whereas at a GDQ, people already understand basic speedrunning concepts. So he starts from that baseline knowledge and goes up. We're going to start from the bottom. So I'm really excited about that at Southern Fried Gaming Expo. Coming up next here on the Voice Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash Network is Orange Lounge Radio. It's three people out in Sacramento, California. They talk about games for much, much longer than I do. And we like to check in with them to see what's going on in their world. Sacramento, are you there? I am here, Bobby. How are you? I, I am doing well. That was that was a lot. I've had a lot. I've had a long week. I've, I've got very little sleep because uh, I was yeah. on a plane all day. You know, that ended at like four in the morning Eastern time. And then I was on a plane a couple hours later. And then I came here and computers were dead and you know I'm, I'm surprised that the show actually went off but uh but i'm back now well congratulations on getting the show together and don't worry you didn't miss much last week yeah yeah i listen i'm like they, they're not talking about any news on olr so obviously no news happened well yeah clearly no news happened yeah. last week uh yeah. or i don't know if you heard the whole thing but we ended up because it was it was about a nearly four hours live yeah. i think it was about three and a half on the podcast but um it was uh We ended up doing the news as the lightning round. It was uh, something else. Yeah, I actually did listen. I I was there in my hotel room, which, uh, you know, getting a whole bunch of gamer nerds in a hotel and trying to use the free hotel Wi-Fi that they provided uh, worked great when nobody was there. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was terrible when everybody was there. But but people weren't there that much on Sunday night, so I was able to get a stable connection. But later on in the week, no, I could not get a stable connection. So I was there for the (laughs) end of it in the room. And then I listened to, like, the first part on the plane home. Got it. So, so did you watch any of SGDQ? I did, but sadly, none of the ones that you were um, a part of. So, I caught a little bit of the end and, and all that um, uh, that Mario uh, Mario sixty four run because I saw some of the buzz on Twitter. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, but sadly, didn't get to watch the stuff you were doing because it was it was either when I was asleep or at work. Uh, sadly, so uh, I have to go back and watch that on the archives, which yeah. which is a bummer because I really like seeing that you know seeing the stuff that you're doing. But mm-hmm. you know, the time is what it is. Well, I will say that I, there is a playlist out there on YouTube called Bobby Blackwolf hosting Games Done Quick, and it literally is a playlist of every single uh, oh, game that I have hosted. So you can just watch all the way back from my first one back in 2020 when I did the one game back in 2020. Uh, so you can check that out. And then the, the my first full hosting shifts, which, you know, was I had to get remind get reminded and because that my first time hosting was a really weird day ever. Mm-hmm. The, my first mm-hmm. time doing a full hosting shift because it was January 6th, 2021. Oh, that's right. That was my first time on the hosting desk. Hmm. It was in the evening. So it was after all the stuff happened like they were dispersing at that point but people needed to take their mind off of other things yes. and, and watch some speed running yes yes uh dark to says i mostly caught the archives i saw tasbot doing uh ocarina of time which was amazing uh i was there in the room live and because we couldn't hear too much like it was very confusing that run what they were doing because they sold it to us as a beta showcase but they were doing it in such a way that they're like anybody who really knows Ocarina of Time knows that they were start they were BSing that it was beta content like and it was very unclear what was beta content and what it wasn't until like the very end when we were all doing the here together stuff uh, but essentially the way I understand it is the assets the actual like 3D models were n- were in the cartridge and that's why they were using an original 1.0 American cartridge of Ocarina of Time. Uh, like, the R-Wing stuff was in there. That was, like, the only thing that was actually, like, part of the beta cartridge and all the AI stuff. But all of the story connecting it together, that they made up. 
So the whole running man person with the rupee and, you know, all that stuff, they made all that up and they coded it all with uh, ACE, which is uh, arbitrary code execution. Uh, and then the whole end thing where they went and showed the Breath of the Wild 2 trailer. It was a Nintendo Direct um, watching Twitch chat. But you should check that out. I'll have to check that out in the archives. Yeah. I saw some of the buzz on Twitter, but I yeah. uh, missed it live. Yeah. Uh, it, it was it was something. I almost popped into Twitch chat on my phone just to write here together so my name would be on the N64 cartridge. But but no, that that was fun. The, the not ITG showcase was fun, uh, you know, showing off. They, they did couples and tried not to kill each other, uh, which they and they even talked about like what they what was neat about that that you might get a kick out of is them and maybe even Loki, because I know Loki's done some step charts before of DDR back in back in the early days, is they talked about the difficulty of charting songs for couples because you don't want them to injure themselves. Right. And so they actually go into the philosophy of how they chart and have the the two people go behind each other and make sure that they're not trying to go through each other unless it's for a gimmick where they literally are trying to like go between each other's legs and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But they actually talk about like how they really do take safety into account and, you know, try to work through how they they duck down and and also like knowing that one person is taller than the other. And, you know, making sure that, you know, they say, okay, this person should be the taller person. This person should be the shorter person. That way, when they're behind each other, the person behind can still see. And they specifically route it that way. So the taller person's not in front of the shorter person for a long period of time. So Mm -hmm. it was really interesting what they were what they were talking about. I'll just check it out in the archive. Yeah. Uh, so what is coming up on Orange Sound Radio tonight? I guess, you know, you got like, what, two weeks worth of news that you got to go through? Yeah, a little bit. Well, I mean, we we kind of consider last week's news sort of settled at this point mm-hmm. because uh, we did we did touch on it, even if it was fast. And there's plenty of news uh, for this week as well. We had a Nintendo Direct that happened this week, and that was yeah. uh, quite a bit of news. Yeah, so we'll be talking about that. Uh, also, you know, I'm a big fan of Niantic games. I still play Pokemon Go, which mm-hmm. I know you love and adore, Bobby. Uh-huh. Uh, but also there are other games like Pikmin and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, some not so great news coming out of Niantic. It's it's a very interesting mixed bag, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about that this week as well. And uh, uh, oh, EA roasting themselves on Twitter. That's always a good time. Yep. I think you referenced that early yep. in the show. Mm-hmm. We'll talk a little bit more about that in depth tonight. Yep. All right. Orange Lounge Radio is up next. Thanks so much, Robin. Congratulations on last week because I got to see the financials from last week. That's really, you know. <laughs> that that was all the community in the chat, and yeah. uh, that, that was very unexpected and very appreciated. So thank you, everyone. I, I think this is the button. Yeah, that's that's the button right there. That's what it was. But yeah. no, thank you. We don't expect that at all at all uh, all the time, but it was there was a lot of generosity and congratulations on it that. Was. And thank you to everybody who participated in that. I did see it too and thank you, thank you, thank you. And we have a little more of that tonight cuz we never got to emails last week. So we Ooh. still have a little more tonight. So awesome. yeah, so we got we got some stuff to get into with the anniversary tonight. Yep. All right, Orange Lounge Radio is up next. Thanks so much. Thanks, Bobby. So uh, that is it for me this week. I will be back next Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, right here at the Voice Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Fog Network. Come join us live and interact with the show directly. Uh, you can find me on the Discord server, vognetwork.com slash Discord, or I'm on Twitter, at Bobby Blackwolf, and that is where I post a lot of stuff from uh, SGDQ. I even talked a little bit about the Mall of America when I went there, the touristy thing that you have to do when you're in Minneapolis. Uh, it is essentially one like a sterile white, floor and wall mall with like jewelry stores and clothing stores and then you turn a corner and six flags smacks you in the face so uh and the mall of america actually thought that was kind of funny and their social media person tweeted back at me and said we hope that uh nick our nick tunes whatever didn't uh, the nick experience nick universe uh didn't hit you too hard in the face <laughs> so i rode the the i did do the the uh the soren uh, attraction, which is I'm saying it that way, and they probably hate it when you say it, but it's like Soren at Disney, except it's it's their own version, but it's the same thing. Uh, but but it's based in in Minnesota, uh, so I, I did that. Uh, but yeah, I really appreciate all the people that did participate last week with Orange Lounge Radio's 20th anniversary. That was a lot. Uh, and and uh, that that's going to help Fog Network a whole lot. Uh, but I do want to mention tonight. Uh, that, uh, you know, hey, if you like the show, tell a friend. If you hate the show, tell an enemy. I don't care. Just tell someone. I know this show is not for everybody, but it may be for somebody who does not know about it yet. But we would not be able to do this without uh, the support of chatters who go above and beyond. And a lot of chatters went above and beyond last week. But I do want to thank SSJ and her, Matt, for your resubscription to Twitch. Uh, and if you are subscribed to our Twitch channel, 
you can see the VOD. So you can see all that stuff that I was talking about, all the B-roll I was referencing earlier. You can actually see it from my camera. First time it's ever been aired outside of my laptop. Uh, we showed it here on Twitch. Uh, and also you can see a subscriber-only Discord ch- uh, channel on our Discord. So uh, I believe that is it. Yep, I'm going to go ahead and hit this button and uh, and get out of here. And I will see you all next week where I'll talk about the news. And we'll get, we'll get back to normal stuff. And, uh, and yeah, so be good to each other. I'll see you next week. Bye. A winner is you. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only and are not necessarily the opinions of the Vogue Network, people who need to hire new voiceover guys, or your mom. Although if Bobby said it, it really should be. This has been a production of Bobby Blackwolf Studios.